Hey, Jesse. Let's say you wanted a permanent spot on this podcast, and you decided the only way that happens is to hire somebody to take Nico out of the picture. <laughs> Would your first instinct be to hire a man with one arm to do the job? Mark, what are we watching this week? Movie Tales. I'll have what she's having. Hosted by Mark, Jeff, and Nick. Round up the usual suspects. Three lifelong friends who all dropped out of film school because they all figured out they loved watching movies more than making them. Are you not entertained? Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. These cinephiles review and reveal widely unknown factoids, lore, myths, trivia, and cultural impact of the movie. Mostly funny. I'm your huckleberry. Sometimes serious. I'm going to make them an awfully game with you. Definitely interesting insight into the best movies we only thought we knew. He's looking at you, kid. Well, boys, we are going back to 1993, or uh, summer of 93 to be specific, and we're watching The Fugitive. For those that don't remember the Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford too much and need a quick recap uh good old jay welch from imdb has provided us with this stunning recap wrongfully accused of murdering his wife richard kimball escapes from the law in an attempt to find her killer and clear his name pursuing him as a team of u.s marshals led by deputy samuel gerard a determined detective who will not rest until richard is captured as Richard leads the team through a series of intricate chases, he discovers the series or the secrets behind his wife's death and struggles to expose the killer before it is too late. Dun dun dun. How are we, boys? Great. We got Jesse again. Nico's on hiatus and he's out of the country. He's not running from the law. He's enjoying paradise, but uh, all is well. He may be Jeffrey. running from the law. He might be. Okay, fair enough. Jeffrey, how are you? <laughs> Doing great. Do, how about you, boys? Uh, I'm great. It's a boys. Moment in time. When did you see this, Jeff? Uh, yeah. Let me... I saw this movie with my parents in the theater. I remember yeah. being super excited. Uh, on cable at the time, you could watch old episodes of the TV series, The Fugitive, uh, that the movie was based on. And my parents actually loved that series. And we would watch reruns together. Uh... I also think the Star Wars movies and Raiders of the Lost Ark were the first VHS tapes I ever watched as a kid. So I was uh, all in on Harrison Ford. Um, I just, Do you seriously remember watching reruns of The Fugitive with your parents? Absolutely, yeah. Wow. They were, okay. they were big fans of the show. Um, and saw this with my parents. Like, saw it in the theater. It was a great theater experience. Um, For sure. I remember seeing this in the theater as well. I saw it twice yeah. in the theater. I didn't really understand how the I didn't really understand how the Oscars worked at uh, the time of this movie or whatever, but I remember being like, I think I was upset that they didn't win. The, they didn't win the Oscar. I didn't understand. Uh, I'm trying to remember what won that year. Oh, we'll get into that later. Was that Schindler, was that Schindler's List? Was this was this the Schindler's, Schindler's List year? List year yes. Okay, never mind. Jurassic I actually was. thought Jurassic. I was actually surprised Jurassic Park didn't win. Jurassic if Park I remember didn't even right. get nominated. We'll yep. get into this later. I've got a great Perfect. midnight pondering for us about this later. So, Jesse, you saw this in the theater too, probably, I think. You, you know, I was going to say I'm the only one that did not see this in the theater. No shit. Um, really? I was 12 when it came out. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, and I definitely would have remembered it. Was it was a big movie. No, it was one of the bigger movies of the year. 
Yeah, and no, it I, came out at the end of the summer. Yeah, no, it it was a big movie, but I definitely didn't see it in the theater. Um, I don't exactly recall when I saw the movie for the first time, but it was definitely at my parents. Um, we had the VHS. I still remember the cover of the VHS. Um, so it was it was at my parents' house, and it was a, a big blockbuster movie. So I, I definitely remember seeing it. I just don't recall exactly when I saw it, but it was not in the theater. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I saw this twice in the theater. <laughs> I just remember the summer super vividly for movies because it was, it was a good summer for movies. Jurassic Park came out too, and I remember Jurassic Park was the first movie I got to see with a friend, and it was just a friend and I. It was the first time I was ever at the movies by myself without my parents. I can't imagine an eleven-year-old now doing that. But anyways, <laughs> um, different time then, and. Later that summer, the same friend, we went and saw The Fugitive, but it was the second time I had seen it, because I enjoyed it so much the first time with my parents, and I just, yeah, I just really remember seeing this movie that when it came out, and it's, um, it was a fun rewatch. I don't think I'd seen it in a long time, long, long time. I've seen parts, you know, plenty of times, but the whole way from beginning to end, I don't know. Oh, jeez. This movie's almost 30 years old. But uh, what worked, Jeff? Everything Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford. This isn't a film with a couple of... This isn't a film with a couple, of, a couple of actors. This is a film with movie stars, the kinds we grew up with, where the guys on the screen are larger than life. Both Jones and Ford feel larger than life in this movie. This is Jones' best performance, in my opinion. His best movie is probably Old Country, but he absolutely owns the screen from the minute the screen from the minute he shows up 13 minutes into this movie. Another thing that worked getting through was getting through the trial, the crime and the escape in 13 minutes. That's incredible for 1993. Even now nowadays they don't always move that quickly, although they usually do. Nobody wants to watch the trial exposition. It's brilliantly handled in this movie. One last thing, the US Marshals group I get why they made a bad sequel about these guys, because they are just so much fun in this movie. And that's, that's really the main thing, that just the kind of play off of the two uh, larger-than-life movie stars. What about you guys? Jesse, what worked for you? Yeah, a, a couple things come to mind. Uh, first of all, just overall, the cat-and-mouse game between Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford. Love that. Love the classic police chase, whodunit. Um, but my one of my favorite scenes, and I know we'll get into that later, but um, what really worked for me was the St. Patrick's Day scene. And it was Gerard chasing Kimball in the courthouse building. And then at, at the end of that chase, Kimball narrowly escapes the security through the security doors and his foot gets caught. And um, Gerard is shooting at the glass bulletproof doors. Um, and then the, the foot chase through the parade St. Patrick's Day is huge in Chicago. I just love the drama of that scene. And it was... Actually, I read later on that it was all improvised yeah. by Tommy Lee and Harrison, which I thought was awesome. Because it really came through on screen as well. Um, just didn't seem scripted. It seemed very natural. Um, Harrison so Andrew Davis, away. the director, he's like Mr. Chicago, right? Mm -hmm. And so many of his movies are, have been shot there. He got permission, special permission from the mayor to shoot there. 
And they I just shot with like a handheld camera following each of them, having no clue what was going to happen. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, no, it was, for sure. Anything else work that you want to touch on? Or? No, that's it. So, I have in my notes that, I mean, you guys touched on it already, but... Yeah, very simply, the chase. And, there, I mean, there's two elements to that chase. There's Deputy Gerard and his team chasing Richard, and then there's Richard chasing the mystery slash one-armed man. And we're very invested in both because we're invested in Tommy Lee Jones because he's so damn good, like Jeff said. Um, I mean, it's just a treat to watch every scene. But what's cool about the two of them, they hardly ever share the screen, but they're in every single scene one or the other and i think that's what makes it so special this relationship that they have and the scenes and they balance they off each other very well sorry and, i didn't mean to interrupt no no no. but then the scenes that they do come together on and that's what makes them so even more special and i'm sure we're going to get into that right now with our favorite scenes but it, it, the lead-ups to those is what makes them perfect and I mean, that's what makes this movie work. And we're getting into... There's some stuff that for me that doesn't work, but they're... The, just the whole, like you said, the, the, the element of the chase, it's perfect. But um, favorite scenes. Jesse, you already touched on one of yours. Je Jeff, what's your favorite scene? Um, I, It's the damn scene. The I didn't kill my wife, I don't care is one of the yeah. greatest exchanges, exchanges between uh, two movie stars in Hollywood history. Um, I mean, I think it's the first it's thing just we really think good. Of. It's yeah. the first thing that you think of when you think of this movie, right? I think it's hard for, to, for me it was. It's hard to boil a movie down to like two lines like that because the whole thing is actually great. Yeah. But the reason that scene is so important is if they don't come face to face like that, then when he calls him later and he tells him he found a big piece of the puzzle, yeah, and when he sees them at the end of the movie. None of that has the gravity, and it also doesn't make sense that Tommy Lee Jones cares so much. Uh, I, he's the act. The acting in that scene is actually pretty damn good on both sides. Uh, Jones is I don't care. He looks kind of terrified, but the line just kind of hits him. Yeah. And Ford's just gruff yelling of that. Uh, I didn't kill my wife. Um, it like just puts it, puts it out there. Um, yeah, but and, and you touched on that phone call scene that later on in the movie when he's at Sykes' apartment and he calls yep. him when he calls Gerard, and, and I love that he flashes back to that moment and and I love that Gerard correct, but I love how Gerard says to him, basically like, bro, you were pointing a gun at me. Like I, right. I don't care what you were saying. Like, <laughs> I remember I'm just trying you had a gun to make sure you, yeah, you don't shoot at me. And it's it's just really good. It's good stuff. And then we get the follow up at the end, obviously, the, the other scene where you know he, you know, he, I thought you didn't care. <laughs> like, so it it's it's good stuff. Jesse, what's your favorite moment in this movie? So I touch on the the one about the St. Patrick's Day scene, um, but my favorite scene in the movie and Han, you kind of stole. Half of it, but um, I mean, it's a great scene. No, 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 don't apologize. It's a great scene, so I, I, I can understand why your your favorite scene would be the same. But yeah, I mean, it was Doctor Kimball driving the ambulance. I mean, he's he's cornered in the tunnel, 
um, escapes through the the drainage gain or drainage drain, um, and I think that whole scene and then you know uh, Sam, yeah, Samuel catches up with him. That whole scene. The only part I, I didn't like about that scene is when he actually does jump and it looks like a mannequin. Go that has <laughs> aged. That has aged so it is a very mannequin. poorly. And Very that important. has aged so badly. Oh, there's a lot um, of things that have aged badly. His train it, jump aged badly, which it, sucks yeah. too because the rest of that train crash scene is awesome. Well, it is. It is so good. You're right. Off at the last and then it's so terrible. <laughs> the, yeah, and it's uh, the effects. The effects were, were bad, but they just weren't. Uh, bad. But yeah. yeah, yeah, no. But that whole scene leading up to that was. I mean, it was it was perfect. I loved it. The, yeah. Did you see on that scene, um, they were having, I think I read this right, um, that they were having trouble getting permits to shoot with him driving the ambulance. Um, and they were like running out of time. And Ford says, just give me one of your steady cam operators. <laughs> and he goes there, they go over to a hospital and he says, hey, I'm Harrison Ford. I'd like to borrow one of your ambulances. <laughs> That's so funny. And he like signed some autographs or something. And him and the Steadicam guy just drove around Chicago with Ford driving an ambulance. For and they got a lot of footage. All um, because he's just Harrison Ford. It, like I don't know how true that is. I didn't. No, I believe it because Andrew bear, Davis it makes is sense. super famous for like he hated wasting money. So, he's very like, I just, particular but it's totally believable I could see oh, I totally Harrison Ford showing up they're like yeah you can use our ambulance what else I do totally you believe need? Davis putting up to putting him up to it like hey just go tell him you're fucking Harrison Ford man <laughs> and like, they're gonna let, like tell him like, this is Han Solo Indiana Jones I'm gonna, they're gonna let you do it I sure how many ambulances do you need yeah right exactly. can we be in uh, it too sure All right, speaking well, of that speaking of that dummy that uh hasn't aged well do you see they made 70 they they made um like 50 of them or something and not one or was it 25 something around there but they they spent that's what it was 75 they spent 75 grand making like 35 dummies right no. not a single one survived and the guy that made them was pissed because he had all these plans to like sell them afterward for all yeah. this money he was already paid 75 grand so don't yeah. feel too bad for him but he was he was sure he was gonna like make a fortune like selling um, s selling Harrison Ford dummies. Um, yeah, I thought that was fascinating. No, that's one good. other scene I might. Did you, Mark? Did you do a scene yet? No, I. I mean, see, get in there. Tommy Lee Jones' first scene. It's so good. It's also it you is. Know, where, fantastic. You know, his whole hen house. Just, I mean, it's probably in our favorite quotes, but I guess. I'll just read it, even though it might be lengthy for our listeners, but I don't care. Please read it. All right, listen up, ladies and gentlemen. God help. Fire truck. Listen up, ladies and gentlemen. Our fugitive has been on the run for 90 minutes. Average foot speed over uneven ground, barring injuries, four miles an hour. That gives us a radius of six miles. What I want out of each and every one of you is a hard target search of every gas station, residence, Warehouse, farmhouse, hen house, outhouse, or dog house in that area. Checkpoints go up in 15 miles. Our future, your future's name is Dr. Richard Kimball. Go get him. <laughs> like Amen. you're just like. Amen. It, it, 
And yes. <laughs> when when he's giving that speech, it's so good. You're just like, oh. you're like, oh. I can this listen guy's to that awesome. speech like over and over again. Like, I don't know what it, it is. I think it's the head house outhouse part that really. That, that's the best. Just, well, it it's that accent it that together. he's delivering. Yeah. Everything Sam Gerard in this movie. I totally get why the studio built an entire movie around him, a sequel, even though it was probably better. It would have been better if they didn't. And I guarantee um, you the sequel made a ton of cash because everybody's like, oh yeah, that guy was awesome in The Fugitive. I mean, he's so good in this, I actually wonder if he doesn't, if if this never happens, if he doesn't get the role as the sheriff in um, No Country. Uh, because it's he's so easy good, he's to visualize. Good yeah. It's so easy to visualize Tommy Lee Jones as a, no, like, a cop that right. I, like, I have a hard... I, if he's playing a cop, I kind of want him to play a cop. If, if, there, if, there, if he's in a movie and there's a cop role, I kind of want him in that role. Yeah. The only other scene that I had written down, we don't need to spend a lot of time on it, but I just thought it was really important to the storytelling, was I like the scene where Kimball saves the kid's life. There's yeah, like no, it is good. Lots of nice little moments in this movie that really make you... Uh, and it's, it's a testament to the uh, screenplay that was kind of a disaster in making. Um... But yeah. like they, I they think make that's you root for Richard Kemp. Because wasn't he a pediatrician in the TV show? He was, and what basically the TV show was like because mo- like TV was different back then, and they wanted every episode to kind of stand by itself. Yeah, it was one of the so. one of the things the uh, the fugitive actually broke ground on for a show in the '60s was actually having a continuing storyline, okay. but still to get audiences used to it. Basically, he shows up. It's it's the same model as the A Team. He shows yeah, up okay. in a new town. And there's somebody that needs help. Richard Kemble helps him. Gerard is chasing him the whole time. And then, but slowly over time, they put this mystery together about the one-armed man. Uh, But every episode still had its own, like, unique story. So that was kind of keeping it it real to uh, that. I'll I'll just mention real quick since I mentioned it uh, already. Um, There were 25 rewrites and nine different writers. Uh, the studio actually spent two million dollars in writing fees before this before a single ounce of footage was ever shot. They wanted to remake. They wanted to turn this TV show into a movie for years, and it just got caught in developmental hell. And finally, they kind of Andrew Davis was interested. He was hot off of uh, doing Under, Under Siege. Siege, and they rushed and they, the shit out of this thing. They man. said. We're, this movie is bleeding money, and it's not even been shot yet. We need you to just go make it. So they actually made started the movie before they had the finished script, which is why there's characters cut out, there's whole stories cut out. Harrison Ford's team took a shot at the rewrite of, of, of the rewrite of it. Um, Tommy Lee Jones's team they did a rewrite. There was other there was other writers brought in. One of the the original writer. He actually stayed on set to make sure the train scene scene was exactly like he wrote it. He said he didn't care if they changed anything else in the movie, <laughs> but by by God, they were gonna get that train scene the way he wanted it, which is an odd scene to as a writer, an odd scene to be attached to. But uh, I thought that that was kind of fascinating too. Uh, favorite quotes, Mark? You did yours, Jesse. What do you got? So. <laughs> Mark kind of stole my thunder, but um, that that was my favorite quote. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, 
when he's first introduced in the woods. Yeah, it's Devil's a Spiel, hen house. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's we probably we I all mean, probably along with the down. along with the you know like you said I didn't kill my wife I don't care which was impro the I don't care was changed Tommy Lee Jones it was, was. All him, I got a know? good I got a good improvised I, one for you guys what Newman what are you doing I'm thinking oh yeah well think me up a cup of coffee and a chocolate donut with some of those little sprinkles on top while you, while you're thinking <laughs> totally improvised one. by Jones on set Mo the funny thing is nine writers twenty five rewrites. All of the best lines, Tommy Lee Jones just improvised himself anyway. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Studio wasted two million dollars. Stuff too, and like the scene, uh, the whole scene where he calls him, and uh, you know the tale. I don't. I'm not going to do that whole scene here, but the the end of that where he says, "That's right, Richard. I don't care. I'm jo- I'm not trying to solve a puzzle here." And then, <laughs> Richard, I well, I am trying to solve a puzzle. And I just found a big piece. <laughs> and then he just sets the phone down. And that's kind of, it's. It, I mean, it really was awesome. We touched on it as, a, as being a good scene, too. But it, that's it's when you scene. as the viewer know that he's not crazy. Right. Because uh, right. at the same time, we kind of, we still weren't sure. I mean, we were kind of sure because it's Harrison Ford and he's a nice guy. And, and then the show. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, uh, this is a, you, the TV show. If you've seen yeah. that, but I'd never seen that, and I was eleven. So, like that, uh, like I was Fair. eleven when this came out. So this was my proof. And I remember seeing this movie so much as a kid that that that, that was just like a big moment. I remember that, you know, on the rewatch when he put that phone down. Where are we at? What didn't work, right? Bell, bell, bell. Didn't. I have a couple of big things. Oh, there's some big things <laughs> the, indeed, boys. The, vi- the villains. Ninety-three is age. The villains are so bad. Doctor Charles Nichols might make. I wrote down. Doctor Charles Nichols might make the bad villains Hall of Fame. Uh, combined with the one and the one-armed man, man is it much better? Sykes is fucking mind, terrible. Sykes. How and bad how about, is Sykes in this movie? If Sykes is terrible, not only that, but he's like retired security specialist. And remember when they were trying to like find Sykes? They're like. 35 to 45. Right. They're, and I'm thinking to myself, Sykes is older than 45, man. I don't know about this. <laughs> and it, oh, it's so bad. The villains are terrible, which leads into the fight scenes, which are just so bad. <laughs> when he's fighting Sykes on the train, oh, God, that's so bad. And when he's fighting, uh, you know, Dr. Nichols in the hotel, both of them, equally terrible. Oh, my. Well, and, so... I even have questions on Nick. So part of, I know part of why Nichols is so terrible. So he was kind of an emergency hire. The um, actor that they I had hired. I mean, it's hired, kind of okay. They're doctors. Like, I mean, we're, well, like, at the end of the day. They hired a different actor who I guess was very different from the one that ended up playing Nichols. Uh, and he, right before he was in the middle of shooting, they actually had to do reshoots with the guy that played Nichols. He, he developed brain cancer and he died a week before this film was released. So he had to like leave the set. They had to reshoot all the stuff with Nichols because they'd already made part of the movie. So basically there, and you, we, you talked about earlier how fast they were trying to get this movie going. I don't know that they had a lot of time to cast a good villain or a better villain, but man, he's bad. Sykes is fucking bad too. I don't know. What else didn't work for you guys? Oh, the other thing that didn't work for me was the freaking music. 
And what's crazy... <laughs> yeah, it's not very good. What's crazy is it got nominated for an Oscar. I saw that. James Newton Howard's score, which I didn't see until after, but I had already had in my notes that the music, at times it's good, but at other times it's so over-the-top ridiculous that I'm just like, this is, music is distracting. <laughs> <laughs> this feels like a movie, like, if it was made two or three years earlier and, like, Spielberg did it before he was... I mean, he was doing Jurassic Park and, like, Schindler's List, it would have been, like... And all, I mean, this is still a great movie. He was a little busy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Andrew Davis, I think he, this might be his best work, and I'm not sure that's... Future's a good movie, but... I don't know. I, I think know. I like Under Siege more than this movie. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> I'm serious. I, well, we, we kind of touched on this before. Harrison Ford jumping off the dam, the mannequin. Ugh, enough said. Um, the first 20 minutes of the movie... Before Tommy Lee Jones is introduced, um, the evidence to convict Doctor Kimball of murder and then sentence him to death—I have a lot of questions about that. It was, too. <laughs> it was a little—it was very shaky. I, very, uh, one of my notes. And, one of my notes I wrote a, down is how bad was Richard Kimball's lawyer? <laughs> I was just gonna say he was a surgeon. You'd think he'd be able to afford a, a decent lawyer. And I was thinking <laughs> to, to death, myself, like, was there a jury ever? Right. Well, yeah, the no jury. I, I was thinking that too. I was like, when do judges just come out and say, yeah. I'm like, like oh, and announce uh, a verdict? Where, yeah, it, no, was, no it was a very, a very shaky case. Very I'll shaky say that. case. Um, a thousand percent. Did you guys also notice the credits ran the entire? Over <laughs> I was I, I, I wanted to bring it up, but I, I I didn't know if I've overused my '90s mid. You have not overused it. This is in classic fashion, and I was thinking, Jeff. What about the giant siege, block letters? He did it in Under Siege the same way. In Under Siege, I think also had those giant block letterings, and so, I think he got away with it because he had to do these two movies back to back. Did Microsoft Word or Works just come out at this time? And somebody like steps up and is like, "Hey, there's all kinds of fonts we can use now." And they're just trying to use the most obnoxious font possible. This because might take the cake. It really might. Like we don't, bad. instead of Those getting Harris, instead of bad. getting Harrison Ford, we get Harrison Ford. <laughs> I, I almost different... wanted to re. I almost want to yes, rewatch this thing. Two different screens. Two different screens. We get. Thank you. No, I almost Say... wanted to rewatch this thing on like a movie screen, because how big was that fucking name on the screen? Jesus. Like, my, my television, which is decent size, but it took up the whole fucking screen. <laughs> like, uh, he's a big movie star, but oh my god, I don't know. Um, Alright, so I, I mentioned two of them. My last one, and what really didn't work for me, was Dr. Kimball going back to his former hospital. <laughs> wow. And he, he doesn't even attempt to, like, hide. He just, he's like, in plain sight. Cruising he in. even saves a little boy's life. What about... like? What about going to what about going to prison? <laughs> I mean, let go in when he when he's no, looking. That, well, that's when, what I'm saying. Like, when he's looking for he's, the first, when he's looking for the you know the first guy he checks out for the one armed man, he yeah. literally checks into a federal prison to go visit somebody. <laughs> so this, well, yeah, there's that, but there's this, so like, oh, there's some major plot holes. We're just supposed to accept it all. And by golly, when I was 11, I accepted all of it. Oh, for sure. This movie was way better when I was 11. <clears throat> but Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford, they still carry it enough to where it works still. <laughs> they do. Well, it actually makes... Their perf their performances are, like, so strong. It actually makes me wish they had a better script around it. Because <laughs> I also... 
Uh, I was going to get into it in some midnight ponderings, but I, I'm still, while we're talking about, it, I guess, uh, it's unclear to me why they had to kill him. Like, wasn't that going to come out anyway? If, like, once people started dying of that heart medicine, <laughs> was like, and I get it, they're going to make their billion dollars, but then why do they kill his wife? That doesn't even make sense. None of it. Storyline is very confusing. It's like was all, he, or did he like wait there for him to get home so he, he was going to kill? Very confusing, and I think it's all very confusing because the TV show never played. It was just uh, I'm assuming the TV show was just knowing information, and it, like we didn't see it every time. Like we didn't see what happened. Right. We just knew Over that the, he was on the run for a well, crime if they were, that he didn't do right. I mean, let's face it: if they were redoing this nowadays, they would. It would. This would totally be like a 13 episode or. Ep- or 10 episode like Netflix or HBO Max series. Yeah. Where they would, where the trial would take a couple days and um, it would be prestige TV. They'd put somebody in the Kimball role and somebody in the Gerard role. But yeah, they had to rush through these things because it's a two hour movie. Uh, unless we're good with all no. what didn't work, right? Yeah, yeah, we're uh, good. Go for it. Um, are, is this Tommy Lee Jones's best movie performance? I mean, it is for us. I don't know. I don't know. It, go it, ahead. I'll, it, go it, ahead, Mark. It, it, it is for me. I love him in No Country, but me when, I, when uh, no, Javier Bardem is that's he steals it. That's his what, movie. Yeah, exactly. He's what he makes that it. movie so special. So and this is Tommy Lee's movie. In and a lot this of ways, is Tommy so, Lee's movie yeah. exactly. And and he's better in this than he is Under Siege. Although he's great in Under Siege. He is so, great in Under Siege. You're right. And. and uh, he was great in Lincoln. Uh, he, he was. I was trying yeah, to think of like other him. things that I know him from. He was really good. I have. I have one that you you're missing. Which one? Men in Black. He was great in. He was yeah. great in Men in Black. Blown Away. Oh yeah, yeah we do like Blown Away. We've talked. He about is so fans. fucking good. good in Blown Away. He he's is. very good. He he's great in this movie, but Blown Away. I he's think great in JFK. Performance. He's great in JFK. He is. I mean, he's, he's great. He's good in all these things. I just, yeah. it feels uh, like. What's the other movie we did that we potted on? Uh, the Client. He is good again, playing a, a cop ish. I feel like, I feel like when he does the Client, he just wants to play Gerard again. So he makes him like a a uh, or was or was the Client before this movie? Um, it had to be after. I I'm feel like sure. he just channeled this Sam was Gerard. After, just after. Oh yeah, I mean, but the director... that's why I think bl- that's why I think Blown Away is so great because it's completely different than what he normally plays. Medals, <laughs> yeah, medals. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm gonna get. I'm going first. I'll give an honorable mention to my girl Julianne Moore just because I have a crush on her now. You know, and and ha- seeing her in this on the rewatch, I was like, holy shit, Julianne Moore's in this. And yeah, then after the fact, too. I'm like, wow. She really wasn't in it too much, but okay. <laughs> that agent, you were excited. That agent got and not excited. After this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my bronze medal went to uh, one uh, Joey Pantoliano, Cosmo. Um, Joey, he's Pants. got some lines. He's I, great know. in this movie. He is great, especially when I they go down in the they go down in the water. Like he said, he's like, oh, I just you know wash my shoes or whatever. <laughs> like that's his line. They're on the trail trying to find this guy. And it, it, it's just, it, he's good banter for Tommy Lee Jones in this movie. My silver went to Harrison Ford. 
Richard Kimball gets my silver. I got to give my gold to Tommy Lee Jones. This is his movie. It really is. Uh, I mean, it's not his movie without Richard Kimball, but he's just perfect. And when I think of Harrison Ford, the fugitive isn't what I think of first. When I think of Tommy Lee Jones, the fugitive is what I think of first. So that was the deciding factor of why he got gold for me. What about you, Jess? Medals? (laughs) So... Uh, we must have been watching this same exact movie at the same exact time on the same exact couch because my honorable mention is Julianne Moore. That's when I saw her, I was like, I completely forgot she was in this movie. And then she was like gone like that. And I, I wanted her to be in the movie more. I know. Um, <laughs> she's so good. My, the five minutes. Like, she's, oh. <laughs> she's so good. And she's adorable. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe she should have been the villain. And kicked out that other fucking guy. <laughs> she, she needed a different, bigger role. But anyway, that's another discussion for another day. And another honorable mention, not sure if it would be very popular, but it was the one-armed man. Like, anyone who's seen this movie once and has never seen it again, like, the one thing they're going to remember about this movie is the one-armed man. So how can I not... His performance was horrible. It was. It was awful. It's a, but it's an important but, part I know exactly yeah. what you're saying. Anyone who remembers this movie remembers the one-armed man, and I have to give an honorable mention. Yeah. Is that because like um, we spent five minutes watch? Sorry, we keep interrupting you, Jesse. <laughs> but is that because we spent like five minutes watching Harrison Ford like comb through like that scene was weird to me. But, yeah, you could. I mean that that was like it was weird. Sixty percent of the movie, you have to you have to give him a shout out. That's agreed. Um, and then bronze, same as Drummond. Joey Pants, he was great in this. He's great in everything. He was great in Memento. He's also in it. He's great in everything. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Silver Harrison Ford. It's it's Han Solo. Like I can't not give him a medal. His acting was is terrible in this movie, but I mean you you have to give him a medal. And so Silver to Mr. Ford, and of course Tommy Lee Jones. No one else deserves gold but him. And that's my metal podium. I love it. Jeff, is yours the same? Um, no, actually. Um, close, very close, though. Uh, honorable, my honorable mention goes to Harrison Ford's beard. That <laughs> thing is fucking gnarly. I don't know. That, that is a beard, and a, that thing's going... Um, he fought for it. He told the studio he wanted to have it. Hippie-ass... Montana weed smoking Harrison Ford what's the wanted never got to have a beard in movies he had the clout and he made it happen I guess um the bronze goes to uh Andrew Davis this really this is a B movie done about as well as you can do a B movie especially when you think of the script and the shape it was in and in a lot of ways, we've made we've we've had some fun with this movie here, but in a lot of ways, this movie could have been much worse than it was. Kind of a silly concept, and it has the potential to be really silly. And he he pulls out great performances uh, out of his stars, and he it's efficient and got it nominated for best picture. Had was a box office champ that year, or like one of the top movies in the box office that year. I have to give him some credit. Uh, silver medal goes to uh, Harrison Ford. I actually didn't think his acting was that bad in this movie. 
Harrison Ford's never going to be uh, Tom Hanks, especially from like, he's not a guy you're going to have delivering like crazy monologues or like, he, he's not Brando. He is not a method actor. Um, his strengths really shine in this though, is one of the things that he does great is his like physical acting. Uh, and that scene, uh, the one I listed as my favorite scene in the, uh, in the dam, when he drops the gun, his reaction shot to, uh, Tommy Lee Jones, uh, and just, he's one of the best physical actors. I don't know how quite to explain it. Um, I've ever seen. He does do most of his own stunts and he really knows there's there's a real craft to that that actually a lot of these modern movie stars I think are really terrible at. You see he um, tore ligaments? <laughs> I, I have I mean, in my... He ran with it. He ran with the torn ligaments. Yeah, he and then, told, he, then he, he factored it in. He said, this is great. We're going to all have a limp the rest of the way. This will be perfect. Are we and sure he's like, not like... Are we sh- like... Are we sure this guy's not like some kind of like secret like superhero? He he breaks his leg in this movie and he like runs on his like broken leg. He's he survived three different plane crashes. He broke his leg again in shooting the new Star Wars at like 70 whatever fucking how old he was when he shot that movie. They only shut it down for 6 months and he came back again. Like I was looking through so, the number of injuries this guy has had in his career. He's beaten the hell out of himself. He's a cyborg. Three three plane cra- Who survives one plane crash, let alone fucking three? Uh, also, why is he still flying? This Han Solo. is getting concerning. Uh, yeah, that's true. You never take away Han Solo's pilot license, right? Um, never. And my goal goes to Tommy Lee Jones. This is his movie. He completely owns it. Uh, from the minute he comes on screen, 13 minutes in... Uh, you make a good point there, Jesse. You're absolutely hooked. Maybe the reason I said I liked the efficiency in the beginning was that I was just excited to get to Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, right. Also, didn't want to sit around watching a whole trial. Like, that's not what this movie's about. He, no. His, his scenes, and we didn't speak of, but with his, like, group of, like, nerdy U.S. Marshal agents are just comic gold. And never the, argue with the big dog. Never argue with the big dog. <laughs> <laughs> Pick me up a cup of coffee. Like he's so damn good uh, in this movie, and the gold couldn't go to anybody else. That's um, good. I mean, it's getting late. It is. You got midnight ponderings because I've got a big one, and I want to get right I've to it. Got go go with yours. I've got so many. This movie. It, this movie will keep you up. Okay, you were just talking about picture. Andrew Davis, and you you know you're making like a B movie comment and all this. How the hell did this movie get nominated for Best Picture? <laughs> That's a great question. So only five films too get nominated back then. The five movies that year: Schindler's List, The Fugitive, In the Name of the Father. Hey now, hey now. We've seen that. Jeff and I have seen that. I don't know it's if you've seen it, Jesse. I, I've movie. never seen that. It's, 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 it's good. I'd love you to see it, and you can rival you and you and Nico can out, get outvoted three to one. <laughs> yeah, Nico didn't like it. And then um, Remains of the Day, which I never saw, never and then seen the that. Piano, which was you know that's excellent. That's yeah. excellent. See, I was actually I have a different take on this, Mark. So, but hold I, on. So, okay. Okay, so I'm thinking to myself, The Fugitive gets nominated for Best Picture. So here we are, almost 30 years later. 
I'm looking at 1993 movies. I've now nominated five of my own films. Okay. That would be my new Best Picture nominees. <clears throat> In no particular order, because they are not ranked. But um, these are all five classic films that came out in 1993, which I would wager all of you have, both of you have seen more than the movies I just previously mentioned. Let's go with the first one, Rudy. Second one, Jurassic Park. Third one, True Romance. Fourth one, Groundhog Day. And the fifth one, Dazed and Confused. God, what a good year for like, movies. Holy cow, right? What a great what year. What a great for year for movies. Dazed and Confused, Jurassic Park, and True Romance are all in my top 50. I have no problem I know with Rudy is in your top 50. It is. I know uh, everybody loves Groundhog Day. I used to hate it until I watched it as an adult on this podcast you, you love that movie now yes but i, I hated oh it as God. a kid yeah it's a great I, yeah, you, I remember that you told me you hated that movie. i did because i never watched it really as an adult i just watched it as a kid so i just didn't appreciate it like i never even watched it in high school it just annoyed me pondering what other ponderings you got that really did keep me up late my other two we kind of already <laughs> talked about early why Pond. does yeah. uh yeah why does Nichols help him I, I get I get when he shows up at the car and like he doesn't want to give it away so he gives him some cash. But I think you're because trying they're to... friends and he has no idea the way no, he had he hired up. to have him he hired to have him killed. No, I know, but the way he, Richard He wants to hide that fact. But the though. way Richard showed up asking for help, Nichols still knows that oh wait, he has no clue that I had anything to do well, with it. Well he had to give him the money, but I don't know why right. he didn't just call the authorities say Give him the old story of, hey, Richard isn't his right mind. I'm afraid he's going to hurt somebody. Like, Because he knew how smart he was. Yeah, he was going to eventually yeah. figure it out. Yeah. yeah and and he so he had to kill him. And he he didn't want him arrested. He wanted him killed. And Speaking he didn't enough, want the FBI agent thinking him. I think, you know, this that is was true. a good scene, too, with Gerard. Right. Where, oh, he's... where they're like, of, um, we're smart, too. <laughs> that was awesome. Speaking of, how much money does he actually give him? Richard's able to get new clothes... Put a down payment on some goofy apartment. Pay rent at the apartment. Like, I, I, I mean, I know Nichols might be a big baller and carrying around a lot of cash, but that, that Richard Kimball made that money go a long ways. Why, why does a billion dollar, billion dollar pharmaceutical company? Um, why is hire there one arm man killer for hire a man with one arm? <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and once again, we just have and to... And why is his apartment so shitty? Original content. If you're the guy that knows where the bodies are buried, aren't you living better than uh, Sykes Well, speaking movie? of shitty apartments, though, maybe that... Maybe, you know, it's not like Richard was living in, in any penthouse, going back to the whole money that Nichols gave him. That was... Um, he definitely yeah. went budget sweet. Oh, no, he went budget He went budget friendly. But I just, yeah. all of a sudden he has clothes, he has... Yeah, but those clothes, he, you know, he definitely looked like he was like at a shelter for those clothes too, so... Which know. is so weird. He wasn't hiding from anyone. It goes back to the hospital. That's true like, too. He, why, why wouldn't he go to Mexico or the woods of Montana? Well, he's trying because to, he's, he trying, he's to got to find clear his, his name. He, he knows you know that for him, regardless. You know that want to clear private, his name or get caught. You know well, that he, private detective? You know that private detective that he apparently didn't hire during the trial that he should have? That Harris that um that that Richard Kemble is able to mysteriously find this one armed man while running from the law in like a month? 
but the whole time leading up to the trial was nowhere to be seen. He had to he had to do all that. Um, he went, ah, oh, Campbell. <laughs> I don't know, but that's all things. Anything else, Mark? Any other ponderings? We had a lot of them. This one. No, no more ponderings. But I just have a little Joey Pants note here that okay, and uh, things we missed. But did you? Did you guys see he wanted to make sh- he he lobbied to make sure his character didn't die. His character was supposed to die at the end. Really? And he oh. he that... fought he fought to have his character spared so that he might be so he'd be able to appear in a potential sequel if there was one. Harrison Ford did? <laughs> no, Joey Pants. No, Joey oh. Pants. And so he's always looking, you know, he's looking out for that next it check, worked. I feel like. It worked out and for him. He did, so he, smart. he did in the he, sequel, right? Oh, yeah. And then he, la- oh, yeah, he's in the sequel. And then he later admitted in an interview with Gilbert Godfrey's podcast that he wanted to be sure his character lived so much that when they shot this scene where he gets injured, he did additional groaning and leg movements to showcase that he survived in the end. And they wouldn't even be able to, like, say he was dead. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, quick That's note here. Funny. The original writer of the series, main inspiration, was Les Miserables. Um, oh, I love that book. He had, um, he envisioned Gerard as a modern-day American Javier. And he envisioned Ooh. Richard Kimball as a modern-day American Jean Valjean. Jean Valjean. Um, the... The scene where they were. I love that note, huh? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, it was a very well received show. I I never saw the whole thing, but we did watch some episodes with my parents. Did you guys see the helicopter? Was the helicopter chase was originally twice as long, and they edited it ninety seven different times for time and pacing. And the only hmm. reason I'm giving this a shout out is because this was not this got an Oscar nomination for editing. <laughs> so when I saw that the helicopter scene was edited 97 different times, I thought to myself, "Well, I'm glad they were recognized for their work because that's only like five minutes of the movie." And I well, interestingly, I can imagine that it must have taken them like you know two weeks, hours. To, yeah, exactly. Well, interesting Harrison Ford note. Um, he's actually famous. He's kind of the Stanley Kubrick of actors as far as takes go. Um, he famously likes to get lots really? of. I wouldn't have guessed that. He likes to get lots of ca- coverage, and he also he likes to take it from different angles. And many directors, some like working with him, some don't, because he takes a very active role in the staging of his scenes. He's a pretty known perfectionist. And he says it's from his days of being a carpenter where he just like, uh, he says there's a right way to do things and he wants to get it right. Um, One of the producers on this film actually uh, credited him and said that he is the most professional actor he has ever worked with. Um, Hmm. He shows up two hours early, uh, pretty much every single day on the shoot. And he immediately begins working with everybody from costumes to cinematography to discuss what makes more sense for his character and whatever they're shooting that day. Um, yeah, that and, limo driver that was driving him when he ran out of papers to smoke would probably disagree with this this statement. <laughs> I, I no, oh no, he loves the uh, he loves the wacky tobacco, but he, yeah, uh, but he, no, he's a famous workaholic, and um, in fact, they said. 
there's a lot of horror stories told about the, uh, you mentioned the last Indiana Jones movie. Um, because they all have a lot of clout and they're all kind of perfectionists now. And they said it was uh, clout like that movie with Lucas, Spielberg, and Ford all together. But now they're Lucas, Spielberg, and Ford, whereas before they were all kind of up and coming, you know? Yeah. Um, they said it was definitely a classic case of like too many cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> and that they drove people crazy on set because getting the three of them to completely agree on something was um, not easy, not an easy task. But I thought that was really interesting, and I've read that from a number of different directors, that Ford is, like, such a perfectionist on... And he doesn't like a lot of, like, bullshit on set. Um, now, when he goes back to the back, you know, him and he has a great time and gets his Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher high and everything... But that was also the that was also thirty three year old younger Harrison Ford. I think as his career grew, he became more and more of a perfectionist. Um, he he, de he definitely perfected the art of looking confused. Well, that's probably that. the weed, like I said. <laughs> Final thoughts, Jesse. Final thoughts is this movie is probably not a movie that would succeed in present day, but it's I just appreciate cell phones are gonna. Get Richard yeah, a lot it would be a it would be prestige TV, and they'd put a couple of star leads. It'd be one of those like seven yeah. episodes, and instead of like, there'd be a big twist. I'm, I'm thinking like those HBO whodunits that they've gotten really big into lately. Yeah. I don't think it'd be a movie. Like maybe modern like day. 24 was like a modern day more fugitive type. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Anyways, sorry, Jess. No, it's okay. I, I, I just appreciated it for what it was back in 1993. Um, definitely had the VHS at our house, and that was the first time I saw it. And it was just, I, it was iconic. It still is iconic. Anyone who was born in probably the mid-80s and beyond, uh, or prior, they, they remember this movie. Um, so it was iconic. Tommy Lee Jones, I was reminded after re-watching this movie how great of an actor he is. Um, Harrison Ford, like, he just, he does great movies. I don't know that he's a great actor. Sorry, Han. But he does great movies, and uh, I enjoyed watching that. Um, but overall, just, I appreciated Fugitive for, for what it was in 1993, and um, it was a great rewatch. It was. I mean, I agree. Thirty years. It's a, you know, it's thirty years old next year. So, Jeff, final thoughts? Yeah, um, it was fun to revisit this movie. I've actually seen, I've actually seen this movie a lot. I always used to catch it on TV on the old TNT. Um, it's one of those movies that was on all the time, uh, and it has a lot of like sequences that you can watch, kind of through that sequence, and then go and move on to like whatever else you're doing. Um, it just brings me back kind of what Jesse said. It kind of brings me back to a day. And just like what I said in the opening when like there was when like there were just like real movie stars and movies. And I know I sound like nostalgic and what have you, but I don't, it doesn't feel like they make men's men like Tommy Lee Jones and Harrison Ford nowadays in the movies. Um, Clint Eastwood, another one that comes to mind. And it was just a, a, a time time and place, and it really brought me back to that. Good stuff. 
Well, um, I guess I'll just end it on uh, Tommy Lee Jones really makes this this movie special, and I, I'll I, I will always enjoy watching him check every hen house and outhouse for Richard Kimball. And uh, that being said, I appreciate everybody listening to us in another edition of Movie Tales. Jeff, Nick, <coughs> Nick not here this week, but Jeff, Jesse, and myself appreciate you, and we'll be back soon. Take care, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>